0: And be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each (laughs) other. All right. We're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye.
2: (laughs) You're listening to the Superpod HeroCast, a Night Shift Radio production.
0: You see all the cast reunions that are happening because everyone is in quarantine. Yeah. Oh man! Did you listen to the Community one yet? No, because I'm listening to that podcast. It's actually really
1: good. Oh, it's a podcast. Is uh, they're like deconstructing. It's Ken.
0: Jo- it's just Ken Jong and Joel McHale. And like, I just downloaded it because it was called the Darkest Timeline. I'm like, oh, it's Community. And I'm like, well, we're gonna talk about the coronavirus. I was like, <laughs> but like twenty minutes in, they're like, so Community. I'm like, ah, Aha, that's what I'm that. here for. <laughs> nice. oh hello hello and welcome to the super pod hero cast guys with beers talking about movies with capes patreon bonus oh you haven't seen that i'm casey ryan <laughs> and i'm todd Panic, and, and we, we watched, watched the iron giant. giant hey buddy hey pal we are here I with i can't our... believe
1: i've never seen this oh my
0: god i was hopeful that you would like the prestige Sure. Uh shit. What are some of the other ones I, I did this? Uh Monty
1: Python and the Holy Grail.
0: I was hopeful that you were gonna like that. Yep. And then this was the last one. Yeah, three for three. I knew you were gonna like this. Yes. Like this is right up Todd's alley.
1: Uh and, and I got me on uh let's see. So ninety nine, I was in the Air Force. I was in Korea. So I'm sure I didn't show this to you guys? Uh there was a you know like many military bases. There's a single movie theater on base. The AFES, uh runs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I saw Phantom Menace about a month after it had uh, debuted uh, in the states. Um, I don't remember this coming here though, because again, it's literally one theater with one screen.
0: And there was something else that came out right around the same time that uh, would have kicked it out. Um, that would have taken its place. It was a bigger movie, like a Harry Potter or something.
1: Okay, July 31st of
3: 99.
1: Hmm. Uh, That was Man's Chinese Theater, August 6th of 99. So August of 99. uh, You
0: know, this movie was doomed to become an amazing cult classic from the beginning. Warner Brothers didn't do any advertisement for it until about four months before the movie premiered. That's a very short Uh, window.
1: Would you like to know what came out within potentially the same
0: week as this? What was it? A little uh, movie called The Sixth Sense. That's what it was. The Sixth Sense, yes. Meanwhile, the marketing for The Sixth Sense had been going on for like a year. Yeah. I remember the first time we saw a trailer, uh, like a teaser for that. I was like, what is this? I see dead people. What's happening? (laughs) Right. So yeah, the marketing was not great for this movie, but it is... God, it's so good. Uh, I
1: thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I mean, it has the feel of a 1950s sci-fi, which is clearly what it's going after, right? It's Brad Uh, Bird. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just wonderful.
0: Hang on. I'm just, I got to print out my almost gas and I forgot to do it. Come on, you little fucker. Casey, keep this all in.
1: (laughs) I feel like you've told me once before, but it didn't stick until I started listening uh, Jennifer Aniston was like, oh, that's right, Jennifer Aniston. She,
0: and I mean, this was like the height of Jennifer Aniston. This is when they were all getting paid a million dollars an episode. So that means an episode. An episode.
1: For a 30-minute sitcom. Hang Hold on, let's wait for
0: this to print now. Come on. Oh, my God. What out of paper? All right, I've got it here. I'll just leave it up here. Now that I'm not farting around on my computer, I should be fine. Sure, you can still hear me, right? I'm not cutting. Uh, out.
1: Every once in a while, but it's no big deal.
0: Yeah, they were getting paid a million dollars an episode, and so that's six million dollars just to have the actors on set an episode. That's no wonder that for
1: twenty two minutes of- of,
0: of of okay comedy, we were getting to the the. I mean, this is this is when they were pulling in you know, eight, eight, 18 to 22 million viewers on episode. I mean, this was, this was only three years after before the show. Yeah. I
1: mean, this was the heyday of Thursday of musty Must TV. TV. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest with you. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for the backlash. This is not a groundbreaking. TV. It's not for everybody. No, it was okay. I watched it and I laughed, but it's, it's not Seinfeld. No, it's not, Seinfeld's not that great. Any to me. of a, It's,
0: hang on you calm down <laughs> uh the folks at home we are video chatting so i uh, i took todd's <laughs> friends is not groundbreaking i voiced my opinion about seinfeld and todd leaned back away from the mic to be like <laughs>
1: you're not wrong yes you surprised me with that one
0: yeah i saw it i saw the rage building <laughs> you know that's aubrey's not a big seinfeld fan either my problem with Seinfeld is the same problem I have with Always Sunday in Philadelphia. They're all assholes, so I don't give a shit what's going on in their lives. Like, if I knew these people in real life, I'd be like, I'm going to hang out less with them.
1: So I, I am reminded of the quote of, about Aerosmith, right? Is that someone once wrote, Aerosmith is the poor man's rolling stones with the wisdom to know that the world is full of poor men. Uh huh. I feel like they are uh, ugly people. In a world full of
0: ugly people, right? Like they're a few steps further than we hope to be, but but that's the thing. There's nobody. I, it, it's just it's it's never appealed to me.
1: That's fair. That's
0: fair. That no one no one is redeemable or likable. And I watched it. I just was. It, it was just like at the time that it was on. I just watched it because I watched whatever. What was that? Was that the nine thirty slot that had?
1: It was Seinfeld nine thirty? Hip. Mm.
0: Yes. So ER was on right after it, so I would watch ER. Yes. So and whatever was before it at nine, I also watched. You know.
1: So that was Mad About You. uh, Oh God! Right, like. um, I mean,
0: I loved Mad About You.
1: uh, I see. I think that was okay. (laughs) You know,
0: it was it was okay. I thought that Paul Reiser and uh, Helen Hunt had amazing chemistry. Really um oh yeah i thought they were great together eh, yeah yeah they're okay they're okay i mean they're it was, it was okay for me are yeah. you besmirching the good name that is paul riser
1: no uh he's okay i i kind of feel like his maybe it's aliens but i feel like that's really i feel like that's his real threat. no no oh, when did that when did mad about you seinfeld frazier friends yeah
0: yeah it wasn't frazier yeah i guess i watch frazier
1: i was looking at a timeline of must see tv I'm trying to think what the most powerful lineup was was probably
0: community
1: well see that's way that's way after
0: I, caroline in the city no I'm, oh. I'm i'm pulling their i'm purposely pulling their great but low bar uh shows. sure
1: sure sure Frasier, i was never a big Frasier fan
0: it was okay. Once he got together with Daphne, I was like, "Well, all the fun's out of the yeah. show. Goodbye."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friends. Oh, yeah. Friends lived at the eight o'clock slot for a long time. although though, they started on the at the nine thirty slot right ahead of VR. ER. Oh, in ninety four. Sure that's did because
0: the first couple of seasons of, of Friends were incredibly dirty. Yeah, they got away with a blowjob
2: joke. This is about you stealing my wind. Your your wind. Yes, my wind. How do you expect me to grow if you won't let me blow?
4: You, you know, I, I don't have a, a problem with that.
1: Uh, How do we get on this topic?
0: Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer
1: Aniston. That's right. Boy, we went far afield. We didn't go way. far afield. Uh, we
0: stayed with Jennifer Aniston. That's good. Yeah. We're fine. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, but you're right. but but as uh, Mark Agliardi says on We've got this But we're not here to talk about friends What we're here to talk about is The Iron Giant
1: You're goddamn right
0: uh, And before we can talk about it Because we are Guys with beers talking about movies with capes
4: What are we drinking?
1: Once again, listen, let's just give it right up uh, This and then we're recording again End of the week mm-hmm. Next two beers You know, our pals over Branching Out Bottle Shop hooked us up. Damn right they did. You contacted uh, Carissa and Joel, told them what we were working on, and I walked in and they already had this beer already. This evening we are drinking a beer from Smut Labs, which is a part of Smutty Nose Brewery, mm-hmm. which is out of New Hampshire. Uh, I've drank a number of their regular beers, but Smut Labs is really kind of where they start, where they do some experimenting with stuff. This is their New England IPA as we know, a beer style that I love. I'm, I'm beginning to uh, really this beer has love
0: has a, a New England IPAs.
1: New England IPAs, yeah. That juiciness really takes away you know, balances the bite. I, of course, ha- did not have a reference for the beer until I watched it. <laughs> uh, but the, t- the name of the beer we're drinking is Cosmic Vapor.
0: And for those of you listening that have watched the movie, yes. this is In a, 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 a fact, when I was talking with Joel, he was like, this may be too dark a joke. I'm like, eh, this quarantine's brought out the macabre in me. I'm okay with it. But if you haven't, stay tight. You will find out why it's this.
1: Uh, well, why are you listening to this if you haven't watched the movie yet? So why don't you pause here, go grab a beer, watch it. Then go grab on.
0: Smut Labs Cosmic Vapor. That's
1: right. Uh, Cosmic Vapor has a celestial hazy appearance and nebulous soft mouthfeel. Oh. This beer will take your taste buds on a rocket ride of hop flavors from tropical, fruity, juicy hop notes to just a hint of malt sweetness. Cosmic Vapor New England IPA is one of those beers you're just going to want to probe over and over again.
0: <laughs> oh, I see what they did there.
1: <laughs> you see what they did there. Now, this beer, like many uh, of the craft beers we drink, comes in the 16-ounce can, which I love. Sure does. This has an ABV of 6.7%, uh, 45 IBUs, so it's going to have a little bit of bite to it. Oh, it's got, it's not quite as hazy as I would expect. Uh, that's pretty the hazy. smell is amazing. Just opening the camera. This smells like I'm not going anywhere tonight. Oh, that's nice.
0: Uh, and, you know, the continuing view. the New Hampshire theme, I am currently drinking out of my, whoa, wait, there we
1: go. Oh, Lazy
0: Dog. Hi, Charles. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's try this. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. this is really like... Semi-hazy, not... Wait, yours looks like a different color than mine. Uh-oh. It's a New England IPA. We can start there. That's very... Well, that's really good. Yeah, that's oh, a good yeah. beer. hmm
1: Oh, that'll do. That'll do. So once again, uh they have not ever let us down. Branching nope. out Bottle Shop, even during this pandemic, uh, <laughs> meeting all of your beverage needs over in Township 5 in Camillus yeah yeah so the budget stuff this was a 50 million dollar movie in 1999
0: did you see they had to come up with a new animation technique for the giant no because this is the first time they were mixing cg with hand-drawn animation no kidding they had to create it so that the giants lines quote-unquote yep had a squiggle to them also a slight squiggle so they didn't stand out but no that was kidding. pretty cool
1: uh, you know it's interesting uh the goon came downstairs right towards the end of the movie and sat down next to me as I was watching it. And he said that it, it almost looked almost like a 3D image. And I think that was that mm-hmm. kind of layering effect. Agreed. But $50 million budget, and it only grosses $31 million at the box office. <sighs> uh, you That's you referenced earlier they unusually... Shame. So Warner Brothers, their unusually poor marketing campaign, as well as skepticism... Oh, skepticism towards animated film production following the mixed critical reception and box office failure of Quest for Camelot, which was the year before.
0: Oh my God, really? Mm-hmm. Man, Quest for Camelot seems like it was a mid-'90s movie, not late-'90s. Yeah. Wow, one year prior. That's, that's hot fucking garbage right there. That movie's I've only seen like 20 minutes of it. I was like, I'm good. I understand.
1: Yeah, I feel like I may have seen it like a blink of it for a second, but um,
0: yeah, like the little fat dragon. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. No, no, thank you.
1: But you know, I, I certainly felt nostalgic watching this, thinking of the animation of you know my childhood, which was all mm-hmm. traditional, you know, hand drawn animation. So that there there was a yeah. little bit of a uh, pleasant nostalgia watching this,
0: and this had like a a very specific feel to the animation, like like Don Bluth.
1: Yes, yes.
0: When you see a picture from a Don Bluth movie you're like, oh, that's Don Bluth. I think if if traditional animation had stuck around more instead of computer generation taking over, the Incredibles probably would have had this same look and feel to its animation like this would have become the Brad Bird style of yeah. animation.
1: You, um, Shannon, forgive me. What is the term? What's the term for retro future retro futurism? You know, even with CGI, the Incredibles has that feel, right? If the Incredibles was set in the 50s or 60s, you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, just the feel of it.
0: Um, the Incredibles is set in the 50s and 60s. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it can't. It be. just has futuristic technology in it. Wow. It's set in the 50s.
1: Do we know that? Do we? Why? Do we see a date in the newspapers?
0: Yes, we do. Do we? Oh, no, Todd. <laughs> what well no, we do trust me please clearly
1: that's a time period that brad bird likes would you like to talk about the production
0: do you know where the uh the uh, incredible is also set afghanistan
1: it says it right there <laughs> it
0: says it right there it okay right there you son of a bitch
1: do you want to talk about brad bird i mean i i feel like you should have the honors with
0: no i mean brad bird you know this is like what his second major motion picture he had done like a little short thing that had some some clout to it. This is really like where Brad Bird got to be known. You know, there, there was this, and then like five years later was The Incredibles, and we all went, oh, the guy who did The Iron Giant. And then we saw The Incredibles and went, oh, Brad Bird. Right. He went on to do that, Incredibles 2. He did uh, one of the best, in my opinion, Mission Impossible movies, uh, Ghost Protocol. That's a That's the one where he climbs the Burj Khalifa. That's a great one you know and then he did tomorrowland i actually liked tomorrowland i never saw it see i think it's a good movie and that's what i hear like i i totally went with the perception of the reviews i was like oh no thank you not gonna waste my time but now like people have softened on it and you know it's not like john carter no one's ever gonna like that movie but i think that's not Brad bird no, but I'm saying like they came out near the same time. Got it, got it. So it was like, oh, no, Disney's live actions are falling apart. I don't know. I will visit Tomorrowland whenever it ends up on uh, Disney Plus. <laughs> Along sure. with, did you see what's coming July 3rd? No, I don't have Facebook.
1: I didn't see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Facebook exploded. It, yeah. My question is, is it going to be unaltered? Because Hamilton's got F-bombs in it.
1: I, hope it will be unaltered
0: no i can't think of anything that's on disney plus that is r like if that if that got a rating it would get a rating of r motherfucking
3: democratic republicans
1: so uh brad bird is the director he is Um, he also has a co-writing credit with tim mccanley's uh tim mccanley's has some writer director credits you know he wrote and directed dennis the menace strikes again directed video i was just like
0: oh dennis oh
1: yeah uh which was the year prior to the Iron Giant? He's credited with the concept for Smallville as a writer, writer concept. So my guess is he must not have actually written any episodes.
0: But was he the guy that's like, "Okay, hey, put him in high school," <laughs> but uh, I want credit. Couldn't tell you.
1: <laughs> uh, also wrote and directed Secondhand Lions. You, you know, so so oh. uh, doesn't reach the the level of fame that Brad Bird gets. No. Yeah.
0: No, definitely not. Um wow secondhand lions! i had forgotten that movie existed until this very moment in time that was a fun movie and yeah. i bet you by the end of this podcast i will have forgotten that it existed again <laughs> you want to hear some almost cast now
1: yeah go for
0: it so for the voice of the iron giant who is voiced by groot vin diesel <laughs> which well, get in his first similar. role
1: where he says almost nothing
0: in his first role yeah um This is, so when was Saving Private Ryan, 98 or 97?
1: I believe it was 97. I was at Hanscom Air Force Base with my dear buddy, Bobby. Oh, and Chuck, Uh, 98. So I was wrong. So
0: there's this boiler room and Iron Giant. I kind of now see why Vin Diesel is the way he is. His career started off really strong. Yeah, He was in a Steven Spielberg movie. Yep. He was in a, a big animated movie that flopped, but still. Sure. And he was in Boiler Room, which was a hot movie. And then he started being in Fast and Furious movies. I see it. Just, you know, calm down, Vin. <laughs> um, Okay, so for the Iron Giant, before they cast Vin Diesel, uh, Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen. Optimus Prime.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, how... How could you even? Okay, all right. <laughs> one giant robot that's, for okay
0: for another. Yeah. yeah, that's probably why they. That's why they went. He's also. Did you know that he is the uh, the clicking sound effect for the Predator? What? He is not one hundred percent.
1: No shit.
0: Go ahead and look it up. Yeah. I have to.
1: Predator nineteen eighty seven. Predator. Yeah. Holy shit. That's crazy.
0: Right. Crazy. Okay. Uh, uh, so Peter Cullen. Frank Welker, just staying on the giant robots because he was Megatron. Yeah. James Earl Jones. Ooh. And Sean Connery.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: The, uh, I'm Superman.
1: Uh, I don't understand. It's got science fiction robots. It's
0: probably show. why he passed on. He's like, giant robots? What is this shite?
1: I don't understand. It. <laughs>
0: uh, so Warner Brothers originally wanted... For Dean, John mm-hmm. Travolta, eh, not terrible. That's I mean, he's yeah. no Harry Connick okay. Jr. Harry Connick Jr. is great. Sure. But I, I see it. And this is, let's see, this is
1: post his post Pulp Fiction. That, that's probably so why they wanted to get him.
0: Again. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah, he's big again. And for uh, Kent Mansley. <laughs> Arnold. Uh, first of all, can we, can we take a moment? Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Okay, that's funny seriously <laughs>
0: hi there i'm Arnold i'm Kent Mansley i'm from the u.s. government
1: no you're not
0: <laughs> from the Austrian government that
1: is ridiculous that is ridiculous. Yeah. what
0: were you gonna say we want to talk about Shooter McGavin well
1: listen i love Christopher McDonald is delightful uh but how about just the, mm-hmm. the, the character's name Kent Mansley
0: <laughs> uh-huh oh it's lovely yeah he's so good some other people that were considered. One of these I'm going to call possible bullshit on because the timeline doesn't work. Okay. But for Dean McChoppin, that's his last name. I forgot.
1: Uh, McCapin. Oh, you're McCoppen. right.
0: There is no C H. It's McCopin. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone.
1: <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right. Mm, okay.
0: Log in the tooth. All right. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Okay, interesting. And uh, I call bullshit on this one, but Hugh Jackman. What? X Men hadn't come out yet. He was he was not a known actor in ninety seven. Probably when they started recording this stuff.
1: Was he even a film actor in ninety seven?
0: Nope. Two thousand. Uh, he'd done one movie called Pool Hall Junkies okay. that I think was ninety six that was one of his, one of his and he was on neighbors i think was he
1: on neighbors uh is that that's an australian soap opera that chris hemsworth yeah, was on like, yeah that's so we get right? hemsworth yeah. was on there too like
0: it, it's pretty much like that's the thing you're on if you got want it. to become got famous got it but i just i think that somebody just threw that into the the trivia section here i i'm like no i mean yes he would be a great dean mcchop mccoppin but yeah
1: let's see so no hmm. So in ninety, so yeah, I don't think so. Ninety six, he's he's in Mel, he's acting in Melbourne.
0: Oh, he was doing Oklahoma when this movie came out. In ninety
1: eight, eight he does Curly in the West End. He does, um, so that's where he becomes famous outside of Australia. Uh, so it's possible, it's possible based on the you know the buzz he was getting at that.
0: Oh, you think like Warner Bros. trying to snatch him up before Maybe. he did that little movie called x-men in 2000 the wiki
1: page for iron giant says the production began on the iron giant in 94 as a musical with pete townsend
0: right because pete townsend still gets a uh producer credit on this movie Hmm. because of that interesting they're like well pete we're not going to make it a musical i'm still going to get a producer credit okay
1: yeah 96 they hire mccanley's to to write the screenplay so you know, at some point, I mean, it's possible that maybe Hugh Jackman really was in consideration.
0: Maybe. Uh, for Kent Mansley. Yep. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> hey, that's what Kent Mansley. It would have been that. It would have been that kind of Kent Mansley. It wouldn't have been. Hey, there. get it would have <laughs> been. I, I think that would have worked. Alec Baldwin. Okay. And Burt Reynolds. Kind of want to hear Burt Reynolds do Ken Mansley. Oh, you know, okay. for Annie Hughes, Hogarth's mother, Julianne Moore. Yep. Sure. Sarah Michelle Geller. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Jody Benson. You might not know the name, but she was Ariel. Robbie Benson's sister? No, she was Ariel.
1: Yes. Yeah, but isn't she Robbie Benson's sister?
0: Wait. Hang on. I've never made this connection. Are they brother and sister? Are Ariel and the Beast? Well, hold on. Brother and sister?
1: Hold on. Hold on. Oh no, nope, because nope, that's not her that's not her maiden name. Mar Marzarati. But are they like maiden in-laws? Maiden no.
0: Wait, are we just finding out that Robbie Ah,
1: uh, her spouse is Ray Benson. Hector singer Ray Benson. Yeah. So okay. I don't think I don't think there's a connection there. I think just the name.
0: Okay. And lastly, for General Shannon Rogard jack nicholson because of course of course so i think that was hey jack you want to be in this uh, animated movie no <laughs> click <laughs> kirk douglas wow okay and josh brolin oh one okay. of these things is not yeah. like the other Please, like how now josh he? brolin could yeah. do it he had been in his 30s so he's maybe. in his 50s now so yeah
1: yeah born in 68 yes yeah,
0: so he's 30 yeah okay 30 31 yeah hmm. all right so i i like i get kirk douglas and jack nicholson they have both played generals before but josh brolin if you're gonna have josh brolin come out for this movie have him come out for dean
1: yeah yeah i it's a yeah, that makes that's just no weird. No
0: fucking sense. Okay, so that's all I've got. That's all you've got. What do you say? You want to uh, talk about this amazing movie? Let's do it. All right. We open with the Warner Brothers logo, almost doing like a sonar. Like it pulses in and pulses back out. I Thought that was cool, and uh, we see Sputnik. That's right. And just in case you didn't know when this movie took place, it then tells us that it's 1957, and we are in rockwell is that what it is rockwell maine before we get there we're
1: somewhere off the coast of maine right that must be when they get into the village somewhere off the coast of
0: maine when we have one of the most ultimate that guy actors emmett Mm -hmm. smith as um uh what's his name earl yeah earl the uh uh, the boat captain uh emmett walsh oh right emmett walsh not emmett smith emmett smith
1: He played football for the Dallas Cowboys. I knew a sports ball reference. (laughs) How did that happen?
0: This pandemic is (laughs) fucking with everything. Yes. Emmett Walsh is fantastic in this movie. And like, there are a couple like that guy actors that have little parts Mm -hmm. all through this movie that you're like, oh, him. Oh, right. Like the guy whose tractor gets towed away is a that guy actor with that voice like this. Uh,
1: It is a bunch of guys whose voices you recognize.
0: Mm hmm. Coming down from from space mm-hmm. is this meteor, but we will discover later that it is the Iron Giant, and it crashes into the ocean off the coast of Maine. Earl is out there; he's having trouble. He's calling for SOS. I
4: don't know exactly, Paulin. Off the coast somewhere near Rockwell. Wait, the lighthouse. I-, I see it.
0: But that lighthouse actually is just the Iron Giant's eyes, and uh, he crashes into it and fucks his shit up. I mean, that boat is done. Yeah. The boat sinks to the bottom of the ocean, right? I mean. Yep. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye boat.
1: Bye-bye boat. We then kind of sweep into this fishing village. Except oh, yeah. It's 100% the, the a fishing village. The only time it's a fishing village is, is this point. It's never a fishing village again.
0: Well, it seems like Hogarth and Annie live outside of the village. I mean, they do, but.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. It felt odd. But as you come into the port, now it's opposite coasts. I recognize that. But that, to me, had the, it had the feel of the little fishing village in the
0: original Pete's Dragon. You mean Passamaquoddy?
4: Passamaquoddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pacwa No, no. Passama Masi. Quodama Potty. Passama Daddy. Quodama Pussy. Quodama Matty. Daffa Daddy. Daffa Masi. Quodama Passa Passa quasa. Ah! Quoddy!
3: I know.
0: While we're on names, uh, is this called Rockwell because of Roswell? Is this their little play on Roswell, New Mexico? Oh,
1: maybe. Sure, let's go with that.
0: Is there actually a Rockwell, Maine?
1: One moment, please. (laughs) No. So Rockwell, Maine is fictional. However, there are real towns, Rockland and Rockport, Maine.
0: So it's gotta be they're a little like because when did when did when was Roswell fifty
1: eight uh the next m- year mid forty uh late forties forty seven is when the alleged UFO
0: oh was it forties yeah. oh 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 okay, never mind I think it's a, a little nod to Roswell sure. Rockwell Roswell aliens
1: it could also be like a, a Stephen King ism you know it sounds like a real main place but it's oh not like a Castle real, Rock yeah, yeah, but it's not a real main place but sounds like real main
0: place so his ship goes down and it becomes the night becomes day and we are introduced to our main character hogarth hughes there's a name <laughs> <laughs> and he is going to the diner in town his mother annie works there and he has got a box and he wants to get a pet
2: guess what i found hogarth we've been through this before oh. no Pets.
0: Hey, Hogarth's mom, he's already got the pet.
2: <laughs> You'll never know he's there. I'll keep him in a cage. Until you feel sorry for him and set him free in the house. You know, the movie is
1: charming right off the bat. I mean, yep. I was immediately drawn into it. The feel of the mm-hmm. little New England town, the dynamic with, with Hogarth and his mom, it just all clicked. It, it kind of had that late 50s feel of you know, like a Sam Rock, or not Sam Rockwell, a Norman Rockwell uh, Americana kind of feel to it. A Sam Rockwell Americana would be a yeah. very different thing. but
0: would be very um, different. But
1: it's really got that feel. I mean, it it, it so perfectly establishes the tone right at the, right at the very beginning.
0: But you know what it skips over is where Hogarth's dad is. Yeah. Never mentioned. He's never brought up at all. Doesn't matter. This is based on a book, a children's book. Do you know what the name of the children's book was? Yep. The Iron Man. Mm-hmm. They obviously had to change it. Oh. They didn't want to get sued. Oh, Lord. Uh, the, the book was written in
1: 68 by Ted Hughes who wrote the novel for his children to comfort them in the wake of their mother Sylvia Plath's suicide
0: wait a minute Sylvia oh. Plath's husband wrote this book
1: Ted Hughes yeah
0: oh is that why their last wow. name is Hughes
1: oh maybe
0: oh because the book is completely different none of this happens really like it's just like a day with a kid with a with an iron giant there's none of the rest of this interesting
2: do you remember the raccoon Hogarth Oh, i remember
0: the raccoon so hogarth has uh captured himself a squirrel yep that squirrel escapes from the box <laughs> surprise surprise
1: does that happen outside <laughs>
0: nope, nope. <laughs> it happens right in the center of the diner and where does that squirrel decide to go up dean found your pet where Took my leg man squirrels in my pants hogarth right into his pants i right into his oh, pants oh my god we're introduced to Dean by he is completely passed out holding up the newspaper. And uh he wakes up and then the squirrel goes up there when Annie comes over and asks his,
2: Is my son bothering you, sir? Yes. <laughs> no, call me Dean.
0: <laughs> and Dean unzips his pants and a squirrel pops out.
4: I'd like to apologize to everyone in advance for this. Hey!
0: If that was today, Dean is now labeled a sexual predator.
1: Well, no, it's perfectly done. It's not dirty at all. It is entirely innocent, and he makes that announcement to make it very clear that he's not doing anything uh, (laughs) uh, lewd or lascivious. But a
0: squirrel pops out of his Sure, but
1: then you're like, oh, well, of course he had to unzip his fly. There's a squirrel in there. Uh, The the name of the character Dean, Uh reference to On the Road, it's got to be, right? Jack Kerouac's book, you know, which was know 57 Uh,
0: yeah it's got to be a reference to kerouac right you know that's the main character's name in that right dean
1: uh no it's uh no uh kerouac is sal paradise but dean is dean moriarty is one of the key figures that he runs with dean in the iron giant he's got the soul patch he's got the the big the perfect five o'clock shadow at all times yep yeah. I mean, he's, he's an art type. He makes metal sculpture. So yeah, I mean, I think, it and again, perfectly framing the time it's, it's brilliant.
0: So also during this Earl comes into the uh, diner and starts explaining how he saw the iron giant and everything. Obviously Earl is a town drunk. No one believes him, but Dean comes to his rescue. He's Mickey Rooney and Passamaquoddy. He is he's 100%, <laughs> but unlike in Passamaquoddy, there's someone to stand up for this town drunk and I really like at the end of that when he turns back to Hogarth and he says, But if
4: we don't stick up for the kooks, who will?
0: He's like, yeah, yeah. I know it's- Earl's crazy, but I don't want him to feel bad. So I'm going to lie and say that I totally saw too. He knows he's an outcast in this town too. So he's like, well, why not join the outcasts?
1: Outcasts got to stick together. Uh, so now we see Hogarth at home.
0: He's alone
1: <laughs> at home at night watching TV. Was this
0: how you had to answer the phone?
1: We had very strict rules about how we had to answer the phone.
0: Mm-hmm. I um, felt this.
3: Hello, this is Hogarth Hughes speaking. Who's calling, please? My
1: mother thought that answering the phone with "hello" was rude.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: what did? It, oh Jesus! I can't. I think I blanked it out. We had to answer it something along the lines of, um, "Good evening. This is Todd." who's calling or
0: something like something it was Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah not just hello yeah you know i had to add (laughs) speaking of the 50s when i worked at johnny rockets we had to answer the phone this was from corporate it's a great day at johnny rockets whatever the location was this is casey how can i help you today so you know like if you were working at like uh, i don't know a smaller one it wouldn't be It, it was it's a great day at johnny rockets carousel center this is casey how may i help you Just like, (laughs) and then you know it was the odd time when somebody like, oh, I'm sorry, I had the wrong number. No, 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 you're gonna you're gonna place an order because I had to say that. (laughs) Uh,
1: My wife. So yeah,
0: Hogarth's mom. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no,
1: no. It's a silly side story. Go.
0: No, this is what this is all about. Go ahead. Side story it up, buddy. At one
1: point, and I think Aubrey actually had to do it twice. uh, She worked at two places where she had to answer the phone for long named firms. So the first was the law firm that half of Syracuse Theater uh, had worked for at some point. Schulman's, Scalero Schulman. Oh yeah, Schulman has to be in there, yeah. Right. Uh, But then when we moved back to Syracuse, she was the office manager at an accounting firm uh, Kruth Stein, Squadrito Lieberman and Silverman. And she had to, that whole thing had to come out every single time she answered the phone. So if I had to call her at work, I would try and stop her before she had to get the whole thing. <laughs> oh, <out>. No, <laughs> that's right. No, no, that's not necessary.
0: <laughs> that would she then have to say like, this is Aubrey. How I m- may I direct your director call. Something like that, but the
1: the the name of oh the firm with the God. complete like every partner's name in it had to be part of the standard greeting. They were not like Jones and Smith. It, they were long. They were long names. Yeah.
0: My God, do we cheat him and how?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, no. These guys were accountants, so they were uh, honorable. Uh, let's see if I can see it. I
0: think that's going to be the second time this episode. There's going to be crickets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Kruthstein, Squadrito, Lieberman, and Silverman. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I feel like at one point there may have been one more name in there. But, yeah, that was she had to say that every time. The yeah, yeah, that's right. Annie
0: has to work late. Um, you can definitely tell it's a different time because she's just like, you know, uh, there's some chicken in the fridge. Not like I have this babysitter coming to take care of you. It's just you're a good 10 year old child. <laughs> uh, right? How old is Hogarth supposed to be? 10, 11 at the most?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, that feels like about the right age. Um, but different time. Yeah. Um now he's watching TV because he's home alone. Uh watching the sci fi horror
0: movie. Right, because one of the mom sets up the rules.
2: No scary movies, no late snacks, in bed by eight o'clock.
0: And of course, being an eleven year old boy, Smash Cut, he is stuffing his face <laughs> with right. Twinkies and watching right. a scary movie. And oh my god, the stilted acting of these voice actors for the movie is fantastic. Yeah. I have watched these terrible fifties sci-fi movies. Darn.
4: I seem to have left my keys in the lab.
0: 100%.
1: Again, clearly Brad Bird is a fan of that genre.
0: Sure. There's something like that in, uh, in Incredibles, isn't there? They're watching something. Mm. I feel. All right. We don't need to spend that much. Okay. Hogarth hears a noise upstairs. He goes to investigate. It's great because what's happening in the movie is what's happening to him. He's like, "Oh, there's a there's a yeah, noise upstairs. Right. I should go investigate it." And he's going upstairs, and then he gets distracted because the brain that fell on the ground becomes this mutant monster and starts eating the uh, the the lab person. He runs down to start watching it. It starts to fuzz out. He goes to check the antenna. A giant bite has been taken out of it, and this is where he starts investigating.
3: Invaders from
1: Mars. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And again, it's set in a time. He goes to get his twenty-two rifle. Hmm. Do you think it's an actual rifle or do you think it's a BB gun? Oh, 100%. I would expect that that's an actual rifle. Okay. Listen, as long as he's been trained on it. They live in rural Maine. They live outside the little town. Yeah, 100%. -hmm. So he goes off to investigate. He has taped his flashlight to the barrel of the gun.
0: Was that an army helmet?
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, And then basically... Starts making his way through the forest, and we see the signs. We know that something big has moved through here, right? Like limbs are mm-hmm. are broken off trees 15 feet in the air. Something big has been There moved are through.
0: craters in the ground, yeah. Uh, and Hogarth ends up at the power, uh, the transformer for the town. The substation, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's when the Iron Giant shows up. We got our first real look at this amazing animated uh, thing. I just, I, I love the design. I wish there was a an action figure of him. I would totally own him in my collection. Brad Bird hits my sweet spot with his aesthetic. Like, that's why I love the Incredibles movies.
1: The the look of the Iron Giant is, again, if if there's any doubt what era this is set in, holy cow, that the look of the Iron Giant is spot on. And yeah, I, so good. I really so did I didn't know that bit uh, about the CGI. That was really interesting, but it, it puts it into a perfect, perspective now the way you see almost the layers moving differently um like where the iron giant Mm -hmm. seems to be Mm -hmm. moving uh in a different frame than the the uh the background is so
0: sure and it's done that way so it's not as jarring Mm -hmm. when he's there um so we find out the iron giant needs to eat metal he he eats uh, one of the towers. Then he accidentally grabs one of the uh, power converters. I guess is what that would be, right? It's a transformer. That is one of the transformers. Yeah. Okay, so a transformer eats a transformer. <laughs> See what you did there.
3: Transformers and
0: uh, electrifies himself and blacks out the entire town.
1: Yep. Mom returns home. Uh, as this is happening, Mm -hmm. and the giant is saved from certain disaster by Hogarth running over and flipping off the switch.
0: (laughs) The comically large on-off switch.
1: (laughs) Right? And saves the day. Mom shows up and takes him home. She does not see the Iron Giant.
0: Oh, this scene where she is, like, scared and then relieved that Hogarth is there, and then Hogarth is trying to explain it.
3: Mom, you won't believe this. Something 8 TV antenna.
2: Oh, Hogarth. No, no, I'm, know... I'm serious.
0: You know this is like, Hogarth's imagination obviously is one that runs uh, at, at a pace that is hard to keep up with. And Annie's...
2: It's a hundred feet high. Hogarth. And, and, and it eats metal. Stop it. Just, just stop. I'm not, I'm not in the mood.
0: I cannot take your wild stories at this moment.
1: Annie has a hard life, and so I think I think Hogarth's father left. I don't think she's a widow. I think he just left.
0: You think he left because of Hogarth?
1: No, I think he was a shitty guy, and he left, mm-hmm. and he left his family, and it's all on Annie's shoulders. You know, they have the house, which was probably their house,
0: but like, there's a room for rent.
1: Yeah, like it's, you know, Annie, you boy, you really feel for her. She doesn't. She doesn't have a really huge do. role in the movie, but Jennifer Anderson's wonderful in it.
0: Nobody in this is not great at their vocal performance. Yeah. Like everyone sells their character 110%.
1: Harry Connick Jr. Um uh, now this is this is after um uh
0: Independence Day?
1: No, 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 no. Uh what's the Well it is after that, but uh what was
0: his mm-hmm. uh,
1: copycat memphis bell is he memphis bell i think wasn't that like his breakout role oh maybe i think that was his breakout role you know he obviously he was a musician but memphis bell he still starts, is in a damn good right one. but um memphis bell is his first film credit oh no and that's what oh because that's Oh, that's ninety. So this is before that. Oh no, duh. I'm 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 ten years off. Oh, it's ten years prior. Yeah, ninety is Memphis Bell, Little Man Tate, Cheers, Copycat is ninety five, Independence Day ninety six, Excess Baggage, Hopefuls. Yeah, so
0: so he's well into his movie star. Yeah, his acting Harry Concher, career. Jr., yeah.
1: yeah, but yeah, everyone's <clears throat> wonderful.
0: So yeah, so uh, Hogarth and Annie head home hogarth looks back at where they just came from last shot is just a silhouette of the giant with the eyes and the giant just waves <laughs> like, yeah. bye it's really
1: sweet you know you 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 kind of see vestiges of groot in the iron giant or, or oh yeah you know. this is proto groot 100 <laughs> yeah, percent
0: this probably is what got him groot they went back and went, remember that movie the iron giant <laughs>
1: that's true right his ability to emote with a single sentence right um, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: like Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious movies I think was put perfectly uh, on Will and Grace where uh, Jack's like let's go see that new Vin Diesel movie I hear he's got a new facial expression <laughs> Oh, like, it's, oh, it's it's oh, funny oh. because it's true.
1: <laughs> it's it is. Oh,
0: you know what he'd also done by this point? Pitch black. Got it. Got it. Yep. Yeah, he's yeah, he's an
1: interesting. Big D and D fan, big D and D player. But uh,
0: if you've never seen the Street Sharks toy commercial, he's done. Is he the voice? the Army and possibly Todd. No, no, he plays with the toys and Todd. It's the most wonderful. It it will make your evening when we are done go ahead and watch that and holy shit you will be so happy you did especially now like knowing tough guy vin diesel first he has hair and second he's uh god it's so funny oh
1: my okay
0: so we cut to the school or so apparently earl's story in the diner has gone around to this entire small town in less than a day. You know, like, uh, the kids know the story. Well, what
1: else is happening in this town, though? You know, right? this movie <laughs>
0: takes place over five days. Really? Yeah, that's it. It's crazy, right?
1: Huh. Uh, they perfectly nailed the, the Cold War era Atomic Holocaust movie.
0: Oh, my God. The Bean was in the room for this, and she looked up at the screen. And she went, what the heck? That doesn't work. I'm like, nope, it sure doesn't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it doesn't work even if you're in a lead lined refrigerator, Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's right. had to take a spot shot at that.
1: That's fair. Uh, so now uh, we're with Dean, he's in town buying a tractor that has a giant bite out of it, and the G man shows up.
0: Shoot him, McGavin.
1: Oh, he eats pieces of shit like you for breakfast.
0: You eat pieces of shit for breakfast?
1: No, um. A little bit of hijinks. Uh, We see the G-Man is on the hunt for something unusual.
4: Kent Mansley, United States Government, Unexplained Phenomena Department.
0: One of the guys that he talks to, goes,
4: Government, huh? Guess that means something big's happening here, eh? No, Marv. Big things happen in big places. And the sooner I fill out my report, the sooner I can get back to them.
0: Oh, he's a real dick. You're an asshole. Got him. So Hogarth decides to go out and search for the Iron Giant. He waits for him and sets up his camera, accidentally takes a picture of himself, which will become important later. Hogarth takes the first selfie ever. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right.
0: The Iron Giant shows up, starts walking towards him. Hogarth is running away. He's not looking where he's going. And suddenly he smacks his head on a tree, knocking him to the ground. The giant catches up, bends down, and drops the on-off switch. You yep. saved me. Now I'm your friend now. There's this cute little thing where Hogarth sits down, and the Iron Giant mirrors him. That's fun. That he asks where he's from. He doesn't remember. Hogarth is a fucking detective. He is.
3: Don't you remember anything? Hmm. Maybe it's that bump on your head.
0: What? Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> Hang not, on. Not bad. This is a robot. And then Hogarth teaches uh, the terminator spanish hasta la vista baby It's the
0: exact same scene he explains what wig out means i like that <laughs> when they ironed out. Like,
1: that's right uh <laughs> and vin diesel's great in this i mean he's acting with almost nothing
0: yeah and for the little he does it's it's perfect cat mansley goes to the power station and he goes to get in his car and uh the bean was still in the room and she thought this was so funny he goes enormous beast yeah where he puts down the gun and he's like, Look, he's thinking this town
4: is probably the homecoming queen.
0: Oh my God!
1: And if his car is missing a
0: bite. That's right. <laughs> Half of it's mis- And then he goes to get the construction worker. They come back. The Iron Giant has taken the rest of the car. And I love the construction worker.
4: What are we looking at here, Mr. Manly? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, oh right. I got one of the kooks. After all that mayor's office
1: kent is being the douchey epa guy right like he's briefing the mayor oh he
0: is 100 percent being dickless in this scene yes it's true this man has no dick
1: now we see hogarth gets into a little bit of trouble with the Giants.
0: does hogarth get into trouble or does the giant get himself into trouble
1: wow potato potato Uh, In any event, a train derails. That's never good.
0: And then the only surviving person is uh, Bruce Willis. And uh, (laughs) wait, no, that was a different movie. I'm sorry. Uh, Did you recognize the train conductor and the engineer? Mm -mm. It's the two old men. It's Frank and Ollie. Is it really? Their names are Frank and Ollie. (laughs) No way. Uh, And they're animated just like them. I was like, oh my God, it's Frank and Ollie. Shannon will be so happy.
1: homage to disney's uh the seven old men
0: right seven old men six old men five old men one of those numbers
1: yeah the old men
0: yeah that all happens he hides the giant sorry
1: nine 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 old old men men. yeah we
0: were way off
1: (laughs) way off we would have gotten there eventually we would just kept going up
0: hogarth and annie sit down to dinner as the giant is hiding out in his barn and and Annie's because the hand has walked in (laughs) That's right. When the hand so we messed up. There's a signature edition of this movie that has two extra scenes. I say we, I meant me. I didn't realize it until I was doing research (laughs) for this. There's a one with two extra scenes that were deleted scenes on the DVD that they reanimated for the signature edition, I think for the 20th, two years ago. And Mm -hmm. also in there, when the hand is watching TV and it's a MAPO commercial, in the signature edition, Mm -hmm. it is Tomorrowland. Oh, no kidding. It's a commercial for Tomorrowland. Huh. At this point, Kent realizes he needs the Army because his car has gone missing. He's seen the train derail. There's been enough people to talk about the giant metal man. Time to call the Army. So who does he call? He calls John Mahoney. Damn it, Mansley. You call me at home for this? That's right. God, John Mahoney.
1: Who has the perfect voice for this?
0: It's so perfect. It's so good. And like you can just tell like this is not the first time that this general has had one of these conversations with Kent. He's half listening. He's watching some Western TV show. So
4: you don't have any evidence. Uh, But, but sir, I've got an eyewitness. An eyewitness with a concussion. This thing is a menace. It it, it tore up a power station. It it caused a train wreck. What did? Tell me again, Mansley, and this time, listen to yourself. (sighs) A giant metal monster. (laughs) Please, sir. I've got a feeling about this
0: one. He's got a nice view. Did you see where his apartment looks out of? No. Onto the Capitol building, I'm like...
1: Oh, I didn't I didn't even know it, that. He's a
0: three-star general, and he gets that kind of apartment? All right. Good for him.
1: You know, it's an interesting little switch. The general is really the sensible one here, right? Mm-hmm. Kent is this kind of hawkish, there's a threat, let's blow it up. And the general is, is much more reasoned and
0: rational. Yeah, I like that they turned that on its head.
1: Now, meanwhile, Hogarth is in the barn, and he's talking with a giant, and there's this beautiful scene. They can talk about Superman because it's a Warner Brothers cartoon, uh, and they do.
0: Not only that, but like he's like, yeah, this comic's fine. This f- comic's fine. But Superman, yeah, owned by Time Warner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy. It's the same way that uh,
1: Warner Brothers movies seem to have some of the best soundtracks because they've got access to the Warner brothers music catalog. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, the same thing with um, how in all Sony movies, everyone is using Sony phones and cameras and uh, there's nothing else but Sony. I'm like, okay, right. we get it. But yeah. yeah. Not everyone has a Sony yeah. phone. The Superman scene ends with Hogarth saying Superman uses his powers for good. That's going to be really important by the end yeah. of the film.
1: Hogarth has made, pal out of Dean and again I think this is why you know it's not like my father's dead the the vibe that I get from Hogarth with Dean it's almost like it just has that I just have I have no evidence to support it other than feel that Hogarth's father just left and Dean's kind of like quasi older brother quasi
0: father type figure like fun uncle yeah Yeah. but it's really sweet it is now do you think Hmm. do you think the entire town like kind of like this is the thing that they talk about in hushed tones, or like oh there goes annie you know her husband left her kind of thing because in the mm. 50s that would have been a big deal divorce was not a thing sure 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 really up until the 50s yeah like di-
1: yeah, yeah maybe maybe it, it, and is that why she's alone like you
0: know she's damaged goods uh, bullshit damaged
1: yeah. goods yeah well, right yeah yeah absolutely um so Dean makes metal sculptures he's you know his place is seems like part um kind of beatnik pad mm-hmm. part junkyard yep. right part art loft um Dean gives Hogarth coffee and we have what, in my opinion, is the funniest scene in the movie.
3: So she moved me up a grade because I wasn't fitting in. So now I'm even more not fitting in. I was getting good grades, you know, like always. So my mom says you need stimulation, and I go, No, I'm stimulated enough right now.
4: <laughs> That's for sure. So she goes,
3: Uh-uh, you don't have a challenge. You need a challenge. So now I'm challenged, all right. I'm challenged to hold on to my lunch money because of all the big mooses who want to pound me because I'm a shrimpy dork who thinks he's smarter than them. But I don't think I'm smarter. I just do the stupid homework. If everyone else just did the stupid homework, they could move up a grade and get pounded too. Is there any more coffee? Hogarth
0: on coffee. Hilarious. I'm wondering if they just had that child actor say those lines and then sped them up or if they really got that kid to talk that fast.
1: Uh I think it's digitals late 90s, maybe they could
0: have they could have sped it up.
1: They could have without changing the pitch. Because if you do that with analog tape and you speed it up it it raises the pitch. Right, that's the how they do the, the chipmunks, yeah. The chipmunks, yeah. It's hilarious and I I love this scene. And you know, you're watching it almost going Dean, what did you think was going to happen when you, when you gave give... Hogarth coffee? Yeah,
0: because I, I love his... I'm going to
4: have some coffee. What do you want, some uh, milk or uh, what, milk?
0: Coffee's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dean is the ultimate bachelor. He's like, I got milk for my coffee. That's, that's, that's right. It. That's right. The reason they go there, though, is because, like what it was established earlier, the Iron Giant needs metal to eat.
1: Right, right, right.
0: He needs it to function. He's not just like a autonomous being. He actually has a, like a, does he poop metal? I mean.
1: he Well, he clearly doesn't have an arc reactor, so he needs something to keep himself
0: going. Well, he kind of does at the end. (laughs) Yeah. It feels very arc (laughs) reactor. Another reason why they probably changed it from Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Dean's like, the Iron Giant can't stay here. And (laughs) Togarth does the thing that all 11-year-olds do annoys you into submission. (laughs) What are you talking about? We have have no idea what that's
1: like, do we, Casey? (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: Oh, boy. So Hogarth goes home, and who has rented the extra room in their house but old Shooter McGavin?
1: Oh, Kent. Uh, Now Kent takes Hogarth out for ice cream, and we (laughs) really see what a fucking loon kent is right he's freaking out he is intent on destroying the iron giant it's a threat got to be destroyed
0: it's very uh batman in bvs yeah oh yeah 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 it's a th- kent's crazy as kent is uh that's right r- raging from his mouth his ass is about to rage out because hogarth has slipped him chocolax in his <laughs> ice cream and calls it a landslide <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh my God. did you did you notice the the shot coming into the uh sh- soda shop the choco you can see uh and it's kind of right over kent it's like foreshadowing no. of this guy's gonna crap his pants uh, that was uh, that was really good so at the end of this huge thing nice he uh you hear his stomach <laughs> grumble He gets that look that we all know what that look means. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he runs to the bathroom.
1: So Hogarth takes this opportunity to go warn his buddy. So he runs back to Dean's place and the giant is doing arts Arts and crafts.
3: crafts.
1: (laughs) Hogarth has a blast.
0: Yeah. So what is it called? The vomit comet? No, that's the one that takes you up and down. What is the, what's the thing that astronauts have to do that everyone passes out?
1: Uh, that
0: or and fighter pilots have to do the thing that creates like
1: that's a centrifuge.
0: Is it just called I thought it had a nickname. I know it is the, a centrifuge. The
1: vomit comet is the is the airplane that flies the parabolic arcs. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
0: that does, that uh they use for um Apollo thirteen.
1: Yep, that's exactly correct.
0: <laughs> and the and uh Bill Paxton throwing up in that movie is really Bill Paxton throwing up. <sighs> <laughs> they just happened to catch it on film no kidding i'm sure bill was very happy that made the cut of the movie
1: <laughs> that's awesome
0: that's pretty much what hogarth makes the orange iron too uh i i see a reference go ahead i'm sorry
1: yeah i see a reference to one of the one of the astronaut
0: centrifuges being called the g machine g machine because be it's like f- yeah. what what is it I, I i'm not even gonna guess how many g's is it five no five will kill you
1: <laughs> oh pi- no pilot's Take way over five. Oh,
0: really? Um, oh, okay. I went the wrong way. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh no, I don't want to say the too high a number. Ten thousand G's, right? That's that's more in line. Uh
1: that would kill you. <laughs> yes. That a fighter jet pull can pull up to nine Gs vertically, and more, and the more a pilot can take with a black handle the better the chance of doubt dogfight. So average value sixty-five G's. Fatal impact. Um, highest G forces survived. Air Force officer John Stapp demonstrated that a human can withstand 46.2 G's. That experiment only went on for a few seconds, but for an instant, his body had weighed over 7,700 pounds. You
0: you you'd know, he pooped his pants, right? Yeah. He had to have. <laughs> with that amount of force pushing on his digestive system, full evacuation happened. It had to have. He hit the brown note. He was the brown note. <laughs> he became one with it. Uh, so, yeah. So the Iron Giant, spinning him, spinning him. I really love when Hogarth obviously has had too much. He's like,
2: we're landing, we're landing, we're landing.
1: <laughs> Welcome to downtown Coolsville, population, us. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: but this is like this moment of heaven for Hogarth, right? Like there's nothing better in the world. Uh, his His older buddy, Dean, The giant, this is as good as life gets. Um, They're at the lake.
0: Oh yeah, because Dean's like, we can't stay here anymore.
1: (laughs) That's right, that's right. Hogarth dives in and we see the giant walk away and then comes charging out of the forest and does a massive cannonball into the lake. Dean is sitting on the shore reading his paper as a tsunami (laughs) approaches him and he throws the newspaper (laughs) up over his uh, face
0: so he lands in the in the middle of the road. And the truck pulls up.
4: Hey, yeah, you're right in the middle of the road. Yeah, all right.
0: He <laughs> just—he's like, nope, don't don't even bother. Move along. Hogarth and the giant then find a oh. a deer
1: carcass. Right. So Bambi's mother has been shot.
0: They don't find a deer carcass. They find an alive deer. Oh, is it alive? It's alive. It sniffs the end of the giant's. Finger the giant sees right. the beauty and the and the kindness in this animal. It scurries off, gets shot. I just, God, this scene gets me every time. Yeah, especially when he tries to pick it up and us. Don't
3: do that.
0: We don't touch dead things. We leave them. You know. Yeah. Like and- the giant is learning as he he is Johnny Five with the grasshopper. Oh, in short circuit. Yeah. but handled so much more maturely in this movie. It's really sweet. Like same same thing, yeah. robot learning, death is death, but I think that the way they handle it in this film is just so beautiful. It's sweet and tender. It may, it, yeah. it may end up being my favorite scene.
1: As Hogarth explains what a soul is to the Iron Giant, and, oh, and it clearly lands. The junkyard right? scene. The message
3: lands. I know you feel bad about the deer. But it's not your fault. Things die. It's part of life. It's bad to kill, but it's not bad to die. You die? Well, yes, someday. I die? I don't know. You're made of metal, but you have feelings, and you think about things. And that means you have a soul. And souls don't die. Soul. Mom says it's something inside of all good things. And that it goes on forever and ever.
0: Even 20 years later, that scene would not be in a movie. Talking about souls and heaven and stuff like that. Uh, I think... I gotta be honest with you. I don't think that would get by today's I gotta
1: be honest with you. I I think that's a myth. I think that's a myth like the war on Christmas. I... The way this is presented, I think there's there's nothing polarizing about the way that's present presented. In my opinion,
0: my opinion. Well, the war on Christmas is never been a thing. That's what I mean. But (laughs) but
1: but in the same way that I don't think that I don't think Uh, you know what
0: I think if this came out today and Warner Brothers actually did their duty and you know promoted this so more people (laughs) saw it, there would be a lot of think pieces about this. Oh, a kid talks to a metal man about, about a soul. And, you know, yeah. this would be the thing that people would talk about the most. In yeah, the that's movie.
1: that's fair. That's fair. Is this little section? Yeah, that's fair.
0: Hogarth goes home, <laughs> and there's Kent, and uh, he's trying to find his mom. And
4: your mom's working late tonight, Hogarth. So it's just us guys, and we're gonna have a little chat.
0: Interrogation scene. Uh, this is a child. Yep. What the fuck, Kent?
1: <laughs> well, there is one monster in this movie. And it's not the Iron Giant; it's Kent.
0: One hundred percent. Yep. So Kent and Hogarth have a standoff because he's not going to let him go. Warren Dean. He's and the army's coming in the morning. So Hogarth goes to his room. Kent goes to his room, and as time passes, both their eyes start uh, getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Hogarth falls asleep and rolls over, and then Kent looks at his watch. It's three fifteen in the morning. At this point, I'm like. Shouldn't Annie be home by now? Oh, yeah. Good point. How fucking late is she working at this diner? What's she doing? She's. <laughs> mm, no. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. She's earning money any way she can. Oh, oh, oh. She's a nice lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sex workers can be nice ladies. Yes. And men.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right.
0: So he wakes up. Hogarth's still in his bed. Mm-hmm. It's like 8 15. But Hogarth's not in his bed because he walks by and it's just. Morning, Kent. Completely 100% fucking with him. Yep. Like, and you find out that he's he's made a pillow out of himself. He, he was faking falling asleep. And then, quite possibly, the best line delivery in this entire movie is Jennifer Aniston.
2: For some reason, the army is in our front yard, Mr. Mansley. That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> That's right. Kent brings troops to Dean's but Dean plays it cool right he pretends that the giant is a sculpture and it perfectly makes sense Kent looks like an idiot and how relieved is Annie to learn that of course the giant isn't real it's you know she doesn't have to worry about it this is just one more of Hogarth's stories nothing she has to worry
0: about and Annie uses her femininity to get information out of Dean
2: Hmm. I see why Hogarth sneaks out here
0: you mean you know about that
2: (laughs) now I do like oh
0: well <laughs> done annie well done that's right well played and it's that's it's right. almost like it's that gift that i use a lot with archer like you expected Dean to be like ah. like that's right you got that's me right.
2: Hey there, this is Mike Wyatt Jr., the editor for Nightshift Radio's The Storyteller Series podcast. Over the past 2 years, we've brought you some of the best short fiction out there and turned them into full-cast audiobooks. Now it's my turn to entertain you all personally. The first installment of my 5-book series, The Anesian Convergence, is coming out on May 27th. Released by Chris Kennedy Publishing and Theogony Books, the first novel in the series, Last Bid for a Dying Earth, is a near-future sci-fi about Sarah a young woman who works on Earth's only space elevator for one of the last tickets off our dying planet. She'll do anything to have a chance of survival, even sacrifice her identity and safety under the control of an artificial intelligence. But when a chance encounter exposes a conspiracy that threatens the future of humanity, Sarah must decide whether saving herself is worth abandoning everyone and everything she cares about. The first book sets up the rest of the series, which will take place 400 years later, but you won't have to wait forever for the next one. Book two, Fallen Hunter, should drop a month or two afterwards, followed by book three, focused on the Wind. If I don't get hit by a bus or something, the fourth book should drop very shortly after that. So keep an ear on the ground and your eyes on the stars. The Inezian Convergence is coming to you May 27th.
0: So now Hogarth and uh, the Iron Giant are playing shoot 'em up Hogarth jumps out from behind a car, points a gun at the Iron Giant, and the eyes kind of like uh, camera lens, focusing real quick. And yep. Hogarth's gun thankfully stops.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the toy Sparks gun, the kind you would pull the trigger and it would shoot. Uh-huh,
0: and it stops yep. sparking. He, for some reason, jumps down, which is good because the Iron Giant shoots, uh, for lack of a better term, Omega Beams out of his eyes. Yeah, that's right. That's Dean right. notices this. Yep. Hogarth jumps up again. It happens again. The Iron Giant's eyes go red. And Dean saves the day at the last minute. Dean shoes the giant away.
4: Get back! I said get back! I mean it! No, stop.
3: Why? It was an accident.
4: He's our friend. He's a piece of hardware, Hogarth. Why do you think the army was here? He's a weapon. A big gun that that walks
0: the giant runs away because he's afraid Uh, i'm not gun
4: it's
1: only after the giant runs off that dean realizes that it was like a a defensive reaction to hogarth's gun
0: so yeah so the giant's moping away (laughs) nobody can see this thing like later it's established that this thing towers well over the town Yep, and like he's walking in the middle of a cornfield, and no one's like this giant giant. It's fucking Maine. Maine, you know, is yeah.
1: <laughs> is like Canada. I mean, you know, rural Maine.
0: Uh, two kids actually end up seeing him. That's right. That's right. They're fighting over the binoculars. They break the banister. on uh, Is that a widow's watch they're on? Uh,
1: I thought it was like a clock tower in the town.
0: Because it was high. No, it was okay. higher up. But it had yeah. like a. It had like a. Real- yeah, a widow's watch would be that high up.
1: Yeah, but. But a widow's watch typically is set in the middle of a roof, right? This is the edge of the building because they fall. The kid falls
0: oh, off. It. Sure, okay. I thought
1: it was like okay. a, I thought it was like the town clock tower. That's
0: they got struck by lightning. Got struck by lightning two years earlier.
1: Turn. That's right. <laughs> uh, and of uh, course,
0: so he, Iron Giant hears them. He saves the day. Of course, he does. Town automatically is like, hey, this this thing saved these two kids. It can't be that bad. But Kent Mansley royal douchebag that he is, happens to see it, turns all the uh, the army around. They go back. Dean comes into town and starts explaining to
4: Kent. Kent! He only reacts defensively. If you don't shoot, he's harmless. You gotta tell the general. This is all your fault, beatnik. If you hadn't Would have Would you shut up thing? and listen? You gotta make them stop. The giant's got the kid with him. I'll take care
0: of it. Now, behind him are like four or five grunts. They have to have heard this, right? Sure. So why didn't anybody speak up when this civilian says to the commanding officer, he's killed a kid?
1: Uh, fair question. Fair question.
0: Do you have an answer?
1: Maybe those grunts were not there. When,
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Cause it's not like all the troops are r- circled around, right? That's fair. Um, but you're you know you're right. The giant says it again. Uh, so he says it twice. He says, I not gun before he runs
0: off. Oh, and this time it's the full sentence. I, I am, am not a gun. A gun.
1: Yeah. yeah. And of course, as he says that. Uh, he's fired upon by a missile.
0: Mm-hmm. They're running away. They keep getting hit with missiles. They fall off a cliff. As they're tumbling towards the ocean, two little uh, like lights bleep on the back of the uh, giant's back, and he's got repulsors. I mean, for lack of a better term, they're repulsors yep. come out of his feet. Oh, <laughs> uh, God.
3: You can fly?
0: They start shooting up the earth.
3: You can-
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. He does the Iron Man, uh, throw on the brakes to reverse, and let the mm-hmm. jets uh, shoot past him. Uh, but is struck by a missile.
0: Oh wait, is it the jets or the aircraft carriers
1: uh, that hit him? It's a missile, I think, from the ships. It's it's not the okay. jets. He loses the jets, but he's struck by a missile.
0: And he thinks Hogarth is dead yeah. when they crash. Yeah, they crash, he, and he sees Hogarth. Doesn't have time to really inspect Hogarth because the army shows up, starts shooting. Rage fills the Iron Giant. No bueno. How cool, how much fun must it have been to be the art department to come up with all these different futuristic guns?
1: Yeah, it, 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 and he could almost be like a, a terrestrial construct. But as he goes into full attack mode, he displays almost this like War of the Worlds, like um, squid-like appendages and stuff. The look, it totally shifts. You're like, oh, no, this is an alien thing. Maybe it was mimicking humanoid appearance, like coming to Earth, but clearly its origins are not Earth.
0: And when it's full Mm -hmm. war mode, when the head goes into into the glass tube and everything... And he's got the extra gun here that's a Gatling gun, but it's like two little spider tendrils that are firing. Oh, my God. That may be. I'm just like, that's a cool design. Well, done. you know, when faced
1: with this kind of an alien menace, clearly the World Security Council has only one option. (laughs) We must nuke New York.
0: We must nuke Rockwell,
1: Maine. (laughs) Maine. That's right. That's right. Uh, And of course, Kent calls in the bomb. So they call the Nautilus which is a
0: nuclear submarine that for some reason is off the coast of Maine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very bizarre. Like if this had been Um,
0: in Oregon, I could maybe see that because it was so close to Russia. Well, that's so close, but that's the closest state to Russia. I mean, isn't that, isn't that where uh, Red Dawn takes place in Oregon?
1: Uh, no. Isn't it? Isn't Red Dawn in like the uh, North Dakota or something? No, I it thought like it was
0: the... a coastal state because that's how the Russians make it in.
1: No, they don't they come in through Canada?
0: Do they come through Sarah, Sarah Palin's house? Colorado. Colorado. Okay. Colorado, Oregon. Yeah. They're both up there. <laughs> one had legal weed yeah. before the other one. What do you mean? They're right next to each other. You're
1: joking, right? <laughs>
0: Oh no, oh no. No. Colorado's on the West Coast. Hang on. <laughs> you
1: you know. You, the, the look on your face, you know now. <laughs>
0: Can't even spell Colorado. Oh, boy.
1: Um spell it Washington. You'll get better results for what you're looking for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very pretty. I need a map.
1: Yeah. It's square in the middle of the Hang United States. On
0: yeah it totally <laughs> <laughs> again i, wish oh, I was this... thinking of what i was thinking of washington that's like totally what i was thinking of
1: if you were thinking of washington yes that is on the uh, coast you are correct
0: yeah that's right above it yeah because
1: then yes
0: <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much now hogarth of course so minute, how are they coming through canada well you, you know what we'll we'll get to the red dawn at some point yeah go ahead
1: you've seen Sorry. red dawn the first one obviously obviously yeah yeah okay yeah Uh, I've seen both. Oh, I didn't see the second one or the the remake. Um, Now, Hogarth, of course, is not dead. He wakes up, but um, let's see. Stopped at checkpoint. Hogarth runs to the giant. um, And Hogarth gets the giant to miss the ship. That
0: green ball that he sends out. And then it's like, right, right. Takes up the entire skyline, like the horizon. And all the army is just like, what the fuck are we dealing with?
1: That's right. This is the army in um, Mars attack. One at hundred percent. Like this is that. That's the chance that they have against the Iron Giant. I love this scene when basically Hogarth faces down the Giant's gun.
3: It's bad to kill. Guns kill, and you don't have to be a gun. You are what you choose to be. You choose.
0: Choose. Hogarth.
1: The giant does not have to be a gun. It's beautiful. Dean and Kent are trying to convince the general of their respective views of, right? Dean, the giant's not a threat. He's He was defending himself.
0: And the kid's alive. He points out the and kid's alive. the kid's alive, alive yeah. <laughs> like the general's like, Hold
4: your fire! The boy's alive? It's a trick! Launch the missile! Are you mad, Mansley? All units, stand down!
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. While, of course, Kent is... Uh, will accept nothing other than the total destruction of this potential threat. So as the general rightly decides that there is no threat here, he orders his units to stand down, but Kent grabs the radio and orders a launch.
4: Rogard to Nautilus. Come in, Nautilus. This is Nautilus standing by. Launch the missile now!
0: I love John Mahoney's read of.
4: That missile is targeted to the giant's current position! where's the giant mansley yeah
1: so mansley 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 tries to run and the general grabs him oh no mm -mm. you're staying here with us you caused this no Mansley tries to
0: run gets in a jeep and uh the iron giant puts his hand in front of the jeep oh smashes it and then the general's like yeah make sure he gets a nice seat make sure he can really watch this destruction
1: that's right that's right this is a little dark for kids, right? It's a it's
0: a little bit. Yeah, the entire town is accepting that they're going to die right now.
1: It's a little bit of the uh, the prank that those guys played on their mother, where they took Toy Story three and cut it so that. They fade to black as the toys are going down
0: into the incinerator. <laughs> it's right, a like little if,
1: bit that level dark.
0: <laughs> if the credits had rolled right at this moment, yes, that's right. Crap, yeah, that's right. That's it's right. It's also. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see the thing? There were people that were coming in for a job interview, and they took like uh, uh, an Aquios um, television, the the yeah. big, huge, high def television, and put it as the window, mm. and made it seem like a meteor had hit. I that.
1: Be- behind the interviewer. Yeah.
0: That's bullshit. Yeah, that's cruel. Because um, we're like, now ah, for- we played a trick on you. Also, there's no job. There's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a <bullshit>. Enjoy unemployment. <laughs>
1: I just saw on, I think it might have been on Reddit today, and like a Today I Learned thread, in up in the air, with George Pooney uh-huh. and your love. Uh, Mama mm-hmm. Kendrick. The montage where they're firing people. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Zach Galifianakis and who's the other actor? uh, The other recognizable actor. All the other people are not actors. They were people who were actually laid off, thought they were doing a documentary. And then I watched that clip. I was like, oh, that's, oh, they're brilliant. I mean, because they're not acting.
0: I don't remember the second half of that. Were they then told they weren't actually fired?
1: Uh, uh, The video I saw didn't... uh, didn't say what happened next. I'm sure. I'm sure it's available to find. Presumably,
0: it had to <laughs> You're be. You're not fired, and also here's a raise.
1: <laughs> well, I, I I think no, no. They thought they were doing a documentary. I'm sure what the, I'm sure they presented it as. Well, how did it feel when you were sitting there and you were told that you were let go after all these years? And that's how they were telling their story. Oh. I don't. They didn't trick them like film there because they there were people who had actually been laid off. But I think they were retelling it as part of a documentary.
0: Oh, right. Oh, that's what it is, is that they're real laid off people.
1: Yeah. I don't think they couldn't have. It wouldn't have flown the other way, right? Like They had to know what they were (sighs) doing. That's right. And I
0: forgot that, man, I'm having a brain problem today because I was like, wait, I don't remember that. Listen, I drove to Hamilton and then to Watertown today.
1: As they are standing watching the missile close in to destroy them. The giant tells Hogarth to stay. And again, really sweet. And I, this may have been where I started uh, angrily messaging you uh, as I was watching this.
0: <laughs> I believe your first one was, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, let's, you walk through the scene. Let me bring up Facebook Messenger and, uh, I'll tell you what I... So this
0: is a very E.T. ending, but with a sadder uh, result, but being like, you know, you've got to stay here. i got to go. The giant uh, fires up his rockets, starts to fly off. Just as he starts to lift off the ground, Hogarth says... I love you. The giant goes to meet up with the missile... Right before he gets to it, he he hears Hogarth's voice in his head again saying,
3: You are who you choose to be.
0: He starts to close his eyes and says, Superman. "Superman." Impact. (gunfire) Blows up. R.I.P. the Giant.
1: So my message to you, all caps, dude, I am fucking sobbing. The giant just hit the missile, Superman, and he closes his eyes.
0: Yeah. Read the I next was, message. I think I that's was, my favorite.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, you said, I think you mean the missile hit the giant. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. And I said, dude, I am a mess. No fair. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I think that was my favorite. Like, I'm like, I could be kind right now, but I'm going to be pedantic instead.
1: Yeah. That's a beautiful beautiful scene
0: and so then we flash what is it a year later
1: yeah it's something like that right dean has made a sculpture of the giant
0: a la uh dark Knight rises
1: that's right that's right that's
0: right um now a better one i mean that's did you see that he's holding hogarth
1: Mm -hmm. in his hand yeah it's sweet
0: hogarth has made friends dean and annie are apparently a couple
1: good for them Mm -hmm.
0: the general sent to hogarth the only
1: piece that they recovered and that night we see the piece start making its way out of hogarth's house
0: right because when the train hit the giant he fell apart but then he was able to put himself back together and that was the last piece a little screw that goes in for the for yep. the jaw aperture and it's knocking at the window he opens the window
3: See
0: you later. And then we cut to uh Iceland. <laughs> I was like, I'm not even going to attempt. I'm not even going to write this down, let alone try and attempt to pronounce it.
1: It's new, uh, new Asgard, I think.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it uh, it's rolling, and you see the foot hopping the hand crawling itself across. You see the giant's head, the little antenna, letting off a radio beam, and the giant opens his eyes, looks right at the quote-unquote camera, smiles, and... Moving.
1: I said, Todd, that was a movie, buddy. So beautiful. Casey, listen, three for three. You had some uh you had some great movies, uh, great choices, great polls. I enjoyed every single one of them. Thanks,
0: buddy. Yeah, well done. I'm well glad done. you enjoyed this. Yeah. Um hey, you know what I've misplaced? Our script. Oh, well Slash I... somebody moved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How dare they? Uh oh, you know what we didn't oh, talk about. Shit. You know what we didn't talk about before. <laughs> Well,
0: we'll do the questions, and we'll do the... the And they'll do the the rating? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, It's Patreon. Who gives a shit? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, We'll do it our way. We'll do it our our way. I did it my way. Nice. Uh, Do
1: you want to ask me who the MVP is?
0: Hey, Todd? Yeah. Who was your MVP of this fine, fine animated movie?
1: Yeah, most valuable performer. So this is an odd one but I think it's critical and it's even, you know, the fact that it's animated Vin Diesel has even less to do than if he was playing Frankenstein's monster, right. And mute. (laughs) Um, however, what he has to convey for the giant to have a soul, choose not to be a gun to be Superman. I mean, what could be hokey is, you know, has me sobbing as I'm watching it. So, you know, I think it's Vin Diesel.
0: I see that, I, and I definitely agree, but I'm going to give it to his co-star, uh, and I don't know the actor's name off the top of my head, but Hogarth.
1: Yeah. Because uh, if that Eli Marienthal.
0: What Eli does so well is, Eli has to yell so many of his lines because it's high-stakes situations, and he's right on the cusp of not being good. Like... What I mean performance wise just like grating in that scream that he has and I I chalk up a part of it to that he's 11 his voice is changing you know he's great Eli's great he yeah. he really carries this movie like the and his I love you at the end oh my god if you don't if you don't get a little apple in your throat you're not alive
3: yeah uh
1: not a guy not incredibly prolific uh 17 actor credits
0: no I think the last thing he did was like
3: 2004
1: no 27 to 2019 the north pole tv series good for him uh prior to that was confessions of a teenage drama queen in 2004 um he's got some batman credits he was Robin in the video of batman mystery of the batwoman
0: oh well uh mystery of the batwoman was right around this time so that makes sense yeah 2003
1: Couple, few years later, yeah, yeah. That was that's his big he thing. That he's Stiller's mother brother, brother, brother American in American Pie Pi one and two. Yep, yep, um, yeah. yeah. He, and uh, I can see your pick. That makes perfect sense. He he's great. He's great.
0: Uh, Again, like we said at the beginning, there's nobody in here that's doing a bad job.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's no bad. Yeah, uh, Casey. Who's your favorite character?
0: Uh, the Iron Giant. Yeah, I don't know why I had to think about that so hard. It's the Iron Giant. Yeah, he's so good. I want an Iron Giant right I like, now.
1: I like Dean again. Look, it's all of this is like dealer's choice. Iron Giant's great. I like Dean. You know, Dean's sure. great. Dean McCombin, he's fun. Yeah, Dean's good. So, yeah, but I'm <laughs> I'm fine with any of that.
3: Yeah.
0: So, Todd, uh, what's the best scene for you?
1: Well, uh, I think the funniest scene is when Hogarth gets the coffee, but uh, the best scene is clearly, <sighs> ooh, mm-hmm. it's, ooh, there's, I'm, ooh, now I'm torn. There's two powerhouse scenes that come very close together. The first is Hogarth kind of Mm -hmm. standing, you know, standing down the gun, right? Like, you can choose. But, of course, when the giant closes his eyes to take out the missile and says, Superman, I mean, I'm choking up now talking about Okay, it's the Superman moment at the end. You son of a bitch.
0: Okay. Uh, For me, it's the deer scene. Oh, yeah. When they see the deer, the deer... It's that shot of that animation let's call it of the giant pointing its finger down and then the deer just sniffing it i don't know why that gets me in a way i don't understand it's so beautiful yeah uh, it's such a it's such a tender moment in this kids movie that like like and then leading all into the discussion of death and souls mm-hmm. and all that is just really you see Where Brad Bird's going as a director, right there, like he's not—he's gonna make like this is this is the scene where this is the airplane scene in uh, Incredibles.
1: Oh, sure, yeah. There is nothing in this movie. The the box office failure that this movie was has nothing to do with this movie. No, because this is a phenomenal movie, one hundred percent. And Brad Bird is clearly an amazing filmmaker. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Hey, Casey, what is one scene that you would cut?
0: Nothing there's nothing in this film that's cuttable.
1: Yeah. It's like 90 minutes. Or... It's
0: so tight. Yeah, there's nothing there's no no reason to cut anything.
1: No, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Leave it as is.
0: Uh so lastly, Todd, who's the actor having the most fun?
1: I think it's Christopher McDonald because <laughs> yeah. he's a he is a
0: cartoonish
1: villain in a cartoon and He's good at it, and he's delightful. If the character had a mustache, he'd be twirling it. But
0: he also gets some pretty dark moments. Like yeah. in the interrogation oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. scene and in a couple other scenes, like you see the other side. Yeah, it's Christopher McDonald, 100%. He is having yeah. the best time.
1: Uh, a close runner-up would be M. Emmett Walsh as Earl Stutz. <laughs> sure. He's just fun. So uh, we didn't mention it before we started the discussion. Uh, the IMDb score for this movie is eight point zero out of ten.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think? Ninety-five,
1: nine point five. Yeah, eight's low. I can go with ninety-five, nine point yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is a. I mean, I, you know, if you come at it the other way, like, what flaws does this movie have? I mean none uh, the, i mean yeah so where's
0: Hogarth's mom at 3 15 in the morning was probably the biggest thing we
1: <laughs> maybe she has a gentleman friend oh. maybe she's lonely
0: well we're all lonely yeah,
1: who knows we're all lonely that's right um so dumb question so this movie is rated pg-13 uh, wait what it may be i'm sorry pg i'm sorry 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 i was looking at different things this movie is rated pg uh I mean, although there are serious moments, the moments are presented the right way. I would not be afraid to let a kid watch this. I
0: think as old as Hogarth is, that's the age. Because I tried to show this to the Bean when she was younger, didn't capture her attention.
1: So, so that's more a question of would a kid enjoy it. Right.
0: That's what I mean. I mean there's, like, there's
1: certainly nothing to, yeah, there's nothing to be objection. Nothing objectionable. No, I'm just or, saying...
0: yeah. This uh ten eleven is when you're really gonna capture a kid in on this. It's grown it has enough grown up themes to keep their attention, but it's still got the the childlike got it whimsy to it that would get their that side of them that they're trying to push deep down inside because they're tweens now, uh yep. away.
1: Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Well, that was a delightful movie. It was. So normally we would pick from Thor's helmet, but there's no Patreon. Thor's helmet. Uh, so Todd, this is your choice. You sent me a plethora of movies, a boatload. Yeah. Uh, so what are we watching next, buddy?
1: I spent a lot of time trying to decide my pick for the last movie of season two of our Patreon. Right, our theme. Mm-hmm. Oh, you haven't seen that? Um, we've done explored movies that one of us has seen, the other one hasn't, and usually the one who's seen it loves these movies. Uh, yeah. Loves these movies. Yeah. You did a birthday selection for our regular uh, series of Condor Man. Oh, no. no. Uh, you talked about watching that movie so much growing up. This movie clearly has a special place in your heart. So I was really trying to recreate, like, what were those movies that were on HBO all the time? Or maybe we recorded it onto a VHS tape off of HBO once and watched it, you know, a million sure. times. I threw a lot of movies at you. And there's a lot of good choices. My pick was going to be a movie that we discussed way back in like season one. I was going to pull dreamscape. Okay. Which is a delightful movie um, starring Dennis Quaid. Uh, But that's not, that's not what we're going with. I had an epiphany. I wanted to pick a movie that was my childhood movie star. Right, like who mm-hmm. who was the movie star that defined the, that era for me? You actually mentioned him a little bit earlier in this episode. Oh, no. He was an almost cast for either the general or Mansley. Miss, uh, the the biggest movie star in the world of the seventies, Mister mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds. What were we watching? I thought about Stroker Ace. That was an almost pick. But I'm actually going with a movie that's a little bit probably less. Uh, it's a movie I love. I've seen a million times. And I can't wait for you to watch it. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Hooper? No. Where he plays an aging Hollywood stuntman.
0: Uh, wait. No, I've seen Gator. With Jan Michael wait. Vincent? Have I fucking seen Hooper? Jesus. No, I've seen Gator, but I haven't seen Hooper's. Maybe.
1: Okay. I don't remember. So we are going to watch the 1978 action comedy film okay. Hooper.
4: Okay, so Todd,
0: let's watch that trailer.
4: Burt Reynolds is Hooper, and Hooper is a real hero. He can take more crashes.
3: Oh, geez.
4: More fire.
3: Ah.
4: Hello, gorgeous. More love. More hits. He can take more risks and have more fun than anyone can imagine. This is Cooper, the story of the greatest stuntman of them all, and his competition. Wait a year and a half to meet you. How's that? I get to perform with Sonny Hooper. Oh hell, that ain't no big deal. I mean, Burt Reynolds, Jan Michael Vincent, Sally Field, I'm yours. Ryan Keith, James Best, Robert Klein. Terry Bradshaw. In Hooper's world, talk is cheap. And life is cheaper. We may be in trouble. A stunt is a gag. And a gag is no laughing matter. Bam! Building falls on you, crushes you, fade out the end. Great, Roger. Of course, we'll have a dozen cameras going. And when the director yells, Action! Go, go, go! I'm going it! <laughs> he really means action. Hooper's in a dangerous business, but his reward is excitement, adventure, and a fortune if he lives to collect it. Burt Reynolds is Hooper, the greatest stuntman alive.
3: I love stuntmen.
4: Hooper, the newest movie from the team that brought you Smokey and the Bandit.
0: Okay, so I was sitting here going, oh, Sally Field and uh, Burt Reynolds are together. At the end of the trailer, it says, from the team who brought you Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, that's why they're back together.
1: Yep, that's right. So uh this movie directed by the amazing Hal Needham, mm-hmm. who directed Smoky and the Bandit, Hooper, Cannonball Run, Stroke race
0: He really liked working with Burt Reynolds, huh?
1: Yeah, that was hit you know, those two work together all the time. I love this movie. One, because you know, Burt Reynolds really was like the world's biggest movie star for uh sure. let's see, five years he was um uh, he was voted the world's number one box office star for five consecutive years, seventy-eight to eighty-two. Kind of like John Travolta, who had this amazing success and then a period of, you know, rel- almost obscurity before coming back with *Pulp Fiction*. For Bert, mm-hmm. for uh, John Travolta, um, you know, Burt Reynolds had that renaissance with *Boogie Nights*. But I'll tell you, pound for pound, those Burt Reynolds comedies of the late of the late seventies, eighties man that that is my childhood so i cannot yeah. wait for you to watch this movie
0: i'm excited to watch this i like burt reynolds did you ever see did you ever see the last movie star
1: yes yes uh isn't that isn't that burt reynolds
0: yeah where he's playing pretty much himself yeah he's playing a, a different name but it's the same idea and uh, it's uh clark duke brings him down to um to texas for this uh like a celebration of his filmography and they, they kind of splice him into smoking the bandit and a couple of his other movies. It's really a great movie.
1: Yeah. I, I did see that. Um, mm, so good when, uh, what? No, maybe, out, like, you know I, what? Maybe. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, 2017. Oh no, I no, I did not see that.
0: Oh, Todd. See it. It's so is good.
1: It interesting. Oh, an aging movie stars invited to a small local film festival. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that. Um, you know, listen, Burt Reynolds clearly was an asshole. Kind of reminds me of Bruce Willis. Mm, and that's what the movie's all about. Yeah, man. Uh, he could act. I mean, I was so happy when he... Boogie Nights is one of my all-time favorite movies, and Burt Reynolds is so amazing in that. Um, I, it, just for me, this is my childhood. So I was so hopeful that this would be the Burt Reynolds movie that you had not seen. So I'm so glad that it worked out. <laughs> no,
0: that I way. haven't. All right. So Hooper will be for next time. Uh, So Todd, let's say our Patreon subscribers enjoy what we've been talking about here and they want to learn more about your musings in life. Uh, Where do people find you on social media?
1: Head over to my blog, which is TMPinSYR.com. I write about a variety of topics, both geeky and non, Uh, or check me out on Twitter or Instagram with the handle at TMPinSYR. Hey, Casey. Where can our friends similarly find you on the interwebs?
0: Sure, you can find me on uh, Twitter as uh, not Ryan Casey and on Instagram it's not dot Ryan Casey. If you want to find out what the Superpod HeroCast itself is talking about, upcoming things that we might be doing, uh, movies we're, we're excited to see, head over to Instagram for Superpod HeroCast and uh, on Twitter at TSPHC tweets. You can also email us if you have any uh, thoughts, loves, uh, comments, questions, concerns at superpodherocast at gmail.com because
1: only cap writes letters. Tony.
0: So Todd, penultimate of this series, I think maybe this needs a a poll to see if we want to continue doing this next year or maybe move on to something new. What do you think? I think we should put that up after this episode. Uh, yes. Not a not a Patreon poll. Do okay. yeah. Once we're done with this, yeah. Well, or you know what? No, let's do it so that when the 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 finale episode comes out, we can announce. We know what we're doing. Okay. Either if we're continuing this, or we can announce what the new thing we're going to do is. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. That's all right, good. yeah. So that'll do it for the Superpod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan.
1: For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic,
4: and I've been your moderator, Bob Brown. Be heroic.
0: What are we drinking? That was my failed attempt at the Iron Giant.
1: At the Iron Giant, I got gotcha. you. That's what you were going for. And Hooper Trailer brings up Hooper Trailer sales. Uh, yes,
0: it does. Uh, I see that now. I'm also on Yahoo somehow. <laughs> uh, hey, dear McCarthy, I love your product. Stop forcing me to use Yahoo as my surf search engine. It's not 1995.
1: All
3: right. Awesome. Do you know?
0: So I'm rewatching uh, Community. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? You know Tro- Troy and Abed in the morning. One of them, they do that. They're like for. Troy Barnes, I'm Abed Sanir. For Abed Sanear, I'm Troy Barnes. I'm like, ah, oh,
1: fuck. That's where I got it. <laughs> oh no, God, that shows. Oh so good. no,
0: have you have you delved any more into it?
1: No, it just it didn't click for either of the boys. I know you
0: so. need to click to it. It's so good.
1: Well, yes. Listen, I will eventually. Uh, hey, the last line in Hal Needham's Wikipedia page. Needham and his relationship with Reynolds inspired the Cliff Booth-Rick Dalton friendship in Tarantino's 2019 film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Of course it did. That makes perfect sense.
0: Am I supposed, supposed to care about this? It's Quentin Tarantino.
1: Oh. Oh. That's it. Podcast over. Okay.